Today on Let's Talk Limbic Sparks, I'm with Dominic Prince Barley, head of brand strategy at Google. I'm Kevin Perlmutter, chief strategist and founder of Limbic Brand Evolution, a brand strategy and neuromarketing consultancy that taps into emotional insight to strengthen connection between brands and people. The limbic system part of our brain supports emotion, motivation, behavior, and memory. And I'm curious about how my guests are creating what I call limbic sparks, which happen when emotional motivation meets brand desire. I love talking with brand leaders who are turning emotional insight into a competitive advantage to drive business growth for the brands that they serve. Dom, thank you so much for joining me today and let's talk limbic sparks. Awesome, thank you, Kevin. Well, I am so thrilled, so thrilled that we're having this talk today. How are you doing today? How's the day going for you so far? I am absolutely fantastic. You know, I, um, I just dropped off our newborn son at the daycare center. So, you know, I have the house to myself and no disruptions, no disturbances, and uh, we can dive right into this. I'm super excited to talk to you. I love it, I love it, excellent. Well, you know, I'm gonna start here. Dom, brand strategist, I believe doesn't begin to describe the depth of who you are. Um, you're a former race car driver, an activist, a photographer, a nonprofit leader. What's the common thread that motivates you in all you do? Whew, well, that's well, that's a great question. You know, I think if, if you ask my husband this question, he would probably say way too many things. You know, um, and we'd probably have to turn this podcast episode into a whole series to cover everything that fires up my excitement. Um, so let me try to give you maybe at least one thing. Um, and I think the one thing that really gets me motivated is it's the idea of a lost opportunity. Um, you know, someone once said, "There's only three things in life you'll never get back: words." after they've been said, time after it's gone and opportunities missed. So I think, you know, embracing opportunities really is the proverbial red thread that's woven throughout the entire story of my life. You know, like I said, taking me from being a race car driver in Europe to doing photo documentaries in Haiti to moving from a 300 people village in the middle of nowhere in Germany to New York City, and then all the way to heading up, you know, brand strategy at this, this company you might or might not have heard of, Google. Um, so I think that probably captures it pretty well. Wow. And, and as you think about the people in your life and the people who you stayed close to as you've lived in many places, traveled around the world, worked at a few different jobs, what is it about the people who you stay close to, um, the values that, that, you, that you have that, that tie them together? Who, it's such a great question. And um, you know, I think maybe a good way to start to answer that is actually to maybe think of my best friends, honestly, you know, who have been in my life for a long time and, and they could not be more different by the way, each one of them. But there's probably, I would say three characteristics they all share. Each one of them is curious about life and you know every possible experience in it. Um, each one of them is generous with their time, their advice, the love they share with me. And I think last but not least, they, you know, they all don't take themselves too seriously, which really is the best ingredient for some really good laughs along the way. I'd love to go even deeper. I'd love for you to share a mm. more, a more vibrant in only the way that you can picture <laughs> of what makes you tick. And I would love to do it using the language that we both care deeply about, which is brands. Can you mm -hmm. describe yourself only, only by using three to five brands that paint a picture of what you're all about and why you chose them? 
Oh my God, Kevin, it's really early for these type of complicated questions, but I, but I love it. So let me, let me give this a try. Um, I think I would start by saying I am Airbnb because I love it when I feel like I can belong anywhere, which is probably why I lived in so many different places, you know, from Zurich to London, to Barcelona, to Luxembourg, to Richmond, or New York City. Um, secondly, I'm, I'm BMW you know, the ultimate driving machine, um, because I just can't escape, you know, my past passion and, and year-long career as a race car driver, like you said at the beginning. And then I think I'm also Disney, uh, because I try to see magic in pretty much anything. You know, my, my grandmother once told me that I was a curious kid, and I've actually pretty much decided that I always want to stay one. Um, and, and wait, I'll, I'll actually throw in an extra one for you. Um, I think I'm Nike. Because when you asked me if I was up to doing this podcast with you, I believe the one line I replied with was, let's just do it. Yeah, you did. And that is, I love that set of brands for you. It is, it definitely uh, describes you for someone who doesn't know you as well as I do. That's fantastic. I love it. So I want to move into a conversation about brand experiences and I want to ask you about some of your favorite brand experiences. And what is it about those experiences that keep you coming back as a loyal customer? Mm. Well, first of all, thanks for asking that question, because I think, you know, um, everyone, all of us, we experience brands ultimately through the experiences they create. And, you know, I always say this, um, I think the best way to create a stellar brand experience is by outsourcing its design to the very people you want to experience your brand. And what I mean by that is pretty simple. I think you, you need to get a really close understanding um, of what drives people, you know, um, what it is they want and need, and then design your products and services or experiences with exactly that in mind, no compromise. And I think if you do, you'll end up with such, you know, people first experiences like, um, for example, you know, Starbucks barista promise, which gives you the confidence that you'll always get the perfect drink, you know, because they'll remake it for free until it's perfect for you. Or you will get such, you know, very personal experiences like, you know, Louis Vuitton's Now Yours, which basically brings artists into their stores who paint personal pieces of art onto your precious purchases um, to make them really special and unique and timeless and something you can pass on through generations in your family. You know, or if I may even mention one of our own experiences, um, I think Google's Realtone, you know, the feature that equips, you know, every pixel phone camera with an inclusive camera because it, it finally really highlights the nuances of diverse skin tones more accurately, especially for people of color. And I think the red thread through all of these experiences, given how different they are, is that they start by centering on what people really look for, what they really need um, emotionally. And if you do that, then you end up with, with experiences people will love. Those are some incredible examples. And it sounds like they're creating limbic sparks for a lot of people that, you know, when emotional motivation meets brand desire, another, another phrase I like to use is, and, and you said it too, they're designed with you in mind in a way. They, it feels like the people who are running that brand have really thought through the nuances of the human experience and how that brand fits well and mm -hmm. what kind of role uh, that could play. Are there any other things that you think about when you think about the qualities of the most successful brands in the world, some of the traits that, that bring them together and, and, um, and, and allow them to be part of that unique set of brands? 
yes, yes. And I actually think that's that's an easy one because I think every single brand on the planet that's loved and desired focuses on three Ps, people, purpose, and participation. They are obsessed with people because they understand that if you really want to make people fall in love with your brand, you must, first of all, fall in love with the people you serve. They are crystal clear about their purpose because they know that leading a brand without a clear purpose is actually like driving a car without a sense of direction. And then the last P, participation, because I think truly desirable brands allow all of their stakeholders to co-create and co-own the brand experience. And I think if you get these three P, people, purpose, and participation right, then the chances are pretty high that people just, you know, they don't just want to date your brand. They'll actually, they'll put it in the car, drive all the way to Vegas, and have the first best Elvis impersonator marry a bit. Um, so I think, you know, that to me, those three P really much, very much capture, you know, what makes brands successful if they focus on them. Uh, I've been thinking about something else because we've known each other for quite a while. And um, through most of that time, you know, you've been a brand consultant like me. And, um, and, now, and now you've transitioned from being a brand consultant for many of the greatest brands to leading brand strategy at Google, which is boggling my mind. It's such an incredible uh, move and role. And that's fantastic. What attracted you? to this and what's been the biggest difference now that you've moved to the client side? Yeah. Oh my God. It, you're asking me um, a question about the very, you know, the very meaning of my professional and, you know, for the most part, personal life. Um, I think, listen, I, I spent my career in consulting, like you said, you know, I've always loved it. I was with, I was with great companies, BBDO, Interbrand, CG42. And I think what happened along the way is actually very simple. You know, I, I got to see, so many brand challenges, you know, the entire toolkit from positioning a brand, repositioning it, it, defining its identity, its architecture, its experiences, to kind of measuring its economic contribution to the business. And, you know, with like 20 years of experience in consulting, you don't do these things just once, you know, you do the drill over and over and over again for very different brands across very different categories and vastly different cultures. And what it does is it, is it, it builds extreme brand muscle memory and a very rich body of experience. Um, and I think I got to the point where when I started a conversation with Google, um, I, I started to have the feeling that I've been trained for this role all of my life. You know, it, it's really a dream come true um, to kind of apply the two decades worth of brand building skills to one of the world's most admired and beloved brands, you know? And I think what it ultimately came down to for me was when I thought about making the shift, I thought about our newborn son, Maddox. And I asked myself, if I decide to dedicate my time and my energy to one particular brand, then I want it to be one that is likely going to play a role throughout his life. You know, how he learns about the world, how he navigates to places, how he stays healthy. I mean, you name it. And I think playing a small role in shaping the path of this incredible brand felt like a really worthy way of spending the second half of my professional life. How do you tackle a job of this size for a brand of this size? What are the most important focus areas that you've been um, concentrating on? And, and, and what skills have you brought, have kind of emerged 
as the most important skills you need to do this successfully? Yeah. Oh my God. We, we could talk about this for hours because you can imagine, you know, with a, with a brand like Google is, and there's just an incredible amount of priorities, you know, um, these days, but I think maybe just for this, for the sake of the discussion, I, I, let's focus on two things that I think might not sound like the most sexy ones, but I think they are definitely two of the most important ones right now. I think one is really thinking very deeply about honestly, the economic contribution a brand or this brand makes to the business or simply put kind of cracking the brand business case, you know, and I, I can't overstate how critical this is. Um, and it takes the concept of brand from a rather fluffy philosophical debate and turns it into a pretty tangible objective contributor to, to the success of a company. And I think every brand leader and every brand these days should invest, you know, a pretty significant chunk of energy uh, into decoding what's often still a black box for many companies. Um, I think the other one is what I'd call, let's call it like brand-driven transformation. Um, and I think it's the idea that a brand must be lived and breathed in everything the company does, not just marketing, you know, but product development, HR, CSR, um, because I'm a big believer that brands can only be authentic when they get activated pretty holistically and, you know, getting the right processes and tools and systems in place to let brand flow through each vein of the organization requires some, some serious change management. Um, and, um, you know, I think, I think the likelihood of a brand being seen and trusted and, you know, and genuine heavily depends on it showing up with one voice. Um, and, you know, some, some brands do this incredibly well, you know, like take Patagonia, for example, they align their marketing, the sourcing of their materials, the, their activism, their giving, and every other decision the brand makes around the very idea that lives at the heart of it, to do no harm and to save our home planet. I love that and I'm a huge fan. And I think some of these thoughts are, you know, things that I'm trying to bring to the table in, in this new role too. And how do you balance the role of managing the brand and making sure that it's ever present and, and consistent across the, the entirety of, of the Google ecosystem with innovation and, and, mm. and doing new things and helping one of the most innovative companies in the world become even more innovative based on the contribution that brand can make? Yeah. Oh my God. Such a, such a fantastic question. You know, I, I, I always have, and I always will believe that brands sit and thrive at the heart of culture. And if you want to remain culturally relevant and innovate, then you need to be knee deep. No, wait, better hip deep immersed in it. Um, you know, it's where you will see all the important trends emerge. It's, it's where you encounter people's needs, their fears, their dreams, and it's where exciting new um, possibilities originate. So I think in order to tab into any of these possibilities and innovate around them, brands must look, you know, at the evolving nature of culture and pretty courageously tear down existing assumptions and all the commonly held beliefs, you know, that live within an organization, um, and then start to ask themselves a series of questions that all start with the same two words. What if? You know, I think that's that's how we can begin to envision the future as it could be. And, and once you've done that and you start to paint that picture, 
um, then I think it's time to define the, the bold moves the brand needs to make to get there. And that's how you spark innovation. I think that really, really matters, you know, in life and in culture and in, in people's lives. Really insightful. I want to transition for a moment from innovation to another area that I know is important to you, which is purpose. So when I think of you, Dom, I think of brand purpose. Um, and it's a <laughs> term you. that gets thrown around quite a bit in our industry. And I'm curious, what, what does brand purpose mean to you? And how does it manifest itself in the most purposeful brands? Mm. Oh, wow. Um, well, first off, you know, I, I think the times we live in are trying, you know, life is complex, it's fast, we're dealing with a multitude of, you know, socioeconomic challenges, racial reckoning, environmental problems, a massive health crisis. And I think in the midst of all of this, brands need to get real about the role they want to play in people's lives and in society at large. Um, and to be honest, it's not even really a choice, it's expected. You know, there's an entire generation out there that wants brands to step up and step in and to use their sphere of influence to create real change. Um, you know, it, Edelman's trust barometer, you know, the annual study that measures, you know, where the world stands on trust has been singing this song for a whole while. You know, it's societal leadership is now a core function of the business. And the majority of people, I think 61 to be exact, trust businesses most to address some of our biggest challenges, not NGOs, not governments, brands. And I think we need to let that sink in for a second. So. A lot of my energy goes into defining the role of the Google brand, what it stands for, what we value, and how we best tell that story to the world and how we can clarify in our very own purpose what type of contribution we can make to the world, society, and the communities that we ultimately serve. So I want to come back to one of your three Ps, um, and that's around people and, and consumer <clears throat> insights, and more specifically, emotional benefits. First of all, how would you distinguish between emotional benefits and functional benefits? Probably in the most simplest terms, I would say, you know, a, a, a functional benefit pretty much describes what you can do with something. And I think the emotional benefit is all about how doing that thing makes you feel about it at the very end. Um, and why do you feel that's, do you, and why, why, if so, why do you feel that that's more powerful? You know, I think humans are emotional beings. You know, I think at the very end of the day, we're all being moved by our emotions for the better or the worse, you know, on any given day. Um, and I think it's, it's for that reason, probably the one thing I think most brand marketers should spend most or at least more of their time on understanding. Um, because if, if, if it's emotions that move us into action, then that ties very closely for, for, to what brands and businesses are trying to do. They try to trigger a response. They try to trigger a reaction out of us. And I think emotions are the key to unlocking those. Yeah, and it's incredible to me that so many brand and business leaders out there have not yet lighted on that. So why do you think that some brands are still neglecting the power of emotion and emotional insights in their approach to growing their business? I think it's fear. It's actually as simple as that, you know, I think emotions are messy, measuring them is hard, you know, and convincing meeting rooms filled with decision makers who very often still rely on data primarily can be 
pretty intimidating. And I think bringing in emotion and emotional insights requires some courage, honestly. And I think it's, it's time for marketers to stop thinking about, you know, empathy and emotion as kind of a marshmallow, you know, like soft and fluffy and pretty much, you know, nice to have. Uh, while in reality, it has become a required ingredient for business success. What do you believe is the best way for business leaders to create what I call limbic sparks, those moments when emotional motivation meets brand desire? Uh, Kevin, I think I think you're looking for the holy grail, aren't you? Um, oh, yes, and, I am. Honestly, <laughs> There's no yes, doubt I am. <laughs> I didn't set out to do something easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I, I don't know if I have the answer to this question, um, but I'd say a good starting point to finding that holy grail uh, probably is look for the moments in people's lives where they struggle or have a problem that's worth, worth solving or are simply frustrated with how certain products or services work and then find a way to make that experience fundamentally better. Um, and, you know, any brand that does that well, I think will capture the hearts and minds of people. I think, you know, the reason why Uber and Lyft are changing mobility is because they solved the problem, getting people from A to B in a much more convenient way. The reason why Lemonade is thriving, you know, um, is because they designed the pain points out of the insurance experience. And the reason why T-Mobile built a massive and very loyal customer base in the US is because they focused on all the things that made people crazy and angry with their existing providers over the last couple of decades. So I think great brands solve problems that matter. And that's emotionally very motivating and I think creates brand desire. I couldn't agree more. As a brand leader who has been around for a while, what is it you know now that you wish you knew years ago? Perhaps something that other brand leaders can learn from. Uh, you know, this, this journey is a funny thing, isn't it? Because I feel it always brings us back to start. And I think my biggest learning and advice for that matter, you know, also is it really is all about getting back to the basics. Um, it always has been, it always will be. And I think I would encourage my future, my current self to just remember to always focus on people, 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 and the emotions that move them because it all starts and it all ends there. Um, I think it's another basic is just be hyper clear on your brand's purpose, you know, and make it the guiding light for every the single decision your brand makes. And then lastly, just the sheer power of storytelling and keeping in mind that if you want to emotionally move people, you know, you, you started this whole thing with, then stories can be a very strong, you know, device in doing so. And then lastly, don't forget to have some fun along the way. 100%. Dom, I am so thrilled that you have joined me today on Let's Talk Limbic Sparks. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you. This was a blast and um, I, I can't wait for the next one. We're going to do it again. We'll do a part two. Everything that we haven't gotten to in all of those questions, we'll, we'll do again. Fantastic. I can't wait. Thank you so much. For more, go to limbicsparks.com.